does, but it, this is what we have decided he's going to be doing. That takes away some of that, like, God, the toilet, you know what I mean? Or like the toys are all over the place, you know, I mean? like that quick kind of burst of like, I wouldn't do it that way, being more mindful and sitting back and delaying that action. The same way that um, I think that I approach food is that um, you have to understand where your food came from, why it is you're choosing to eat it. Like, like, is this hunger that I'm feeling right now? Or is it just the situation? Cause we always eat chips while we watch football, right? Or is it just because it's noon and I think that I should be having lunch, but am I actually hungry? And then the food choices that I'm making, are these gonna help me get to my goals? Are they gonna make my brain work better? Are they gonna make me run faster? Are they gonna make my muscles stronger? Are they gonna protect my heart arteries, right? Hello and hola friends. Welcome to the Medicine, Marriage, and Money podcast, the only podcast for dual physician couples who want to achieve marital interdependence and financial freedom together. In this podcast, you will learn how to show up as the best version of yourself so that you can love intentionally and build a stronger and more financially savvy relationship with your spouse. And I am your host, a physician mom, a doctor's wife, and a life coach, Dr. Kate Mangona. Welcome, bienvenidos. Before we get into the show, let's talk about this week's sponsor, Deputy. In healthcare, there are smart pieces of technology that businesses can't live without. Deputy has become one of those essential platforms for more than 250,000 workplaces. It's helping medical practices schedule their staff more efficiently to meet peaks in patient demand. And it makes it easy to adjust schedules when the unexpected happens, like staff calling out sick. You can use Deputy on any device on the go. Within a few minutes of picking it up, you'll see why it it has hundreds of glowing reviews from managers and staff alike. To find out more and try Deputy for free, go to drpodcastnetwork.com forward slash deputy. Hello, friends. Please help me welcome our guest on today's show of Medicine, Marriage, and Money, Dr. Heather Hammerstedt. She is a nocturnist emergency physician, a lifestyle medicine physician, and an integrative nutrition coach, as well as a mama to two skin kids, two fur kids, and a nonprofit executive. She has been married for 21 years as the loving wife to the director of household operations. She loves to talk about all things mind and body and how they work around food and sustainable health choices. So I'm so excited to dig into this because we have not discussed food and nutrition and how that relates to marriage and motherhood and being a physician much on this podcast. So thank you so much for being here and welcome Heather. Thanks for having me. The way that I phrased that, um, it sounds like I, it sounded like I was the mom of a nonprofit executive, and I am not that old. <laughs> it's just one of my many roles. <laughs> one of her many roles, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, just so tell us, like, just give us a brief introduction of like who you are these days, what you're up to. Yeah, so um, I am a, a emergency medicine physician. I love emergency medicine. I love the opportunity to really make an impact on people when they really need it. Um, and I've been doing that now um, since I graduated residency from Harvard in 2007. Um, I have lots of other things that I love to do, though. One of them is this nonprofit that I just was joking about, um, Global Emergency Care. We work in East Africa doing emergency medicine education. 
Um, so that's really fun and rewarding as well. And then um, most recently in the last few years, I've cut back on emergency medicine a little bit because I started my own company called Holist. And at Holist, what we do is coach around um, sustainable behavior change when it comes to food, when it comes to lifestyle, it comes to mindfulness, mindset, exercise, those kind of things. We have a bunch of different coaching programs. I have a staff of about 16 right now. And, oh um, and it's really fun. It's like a whole different way to impact people um, than we do in emergency medicine. So, oh my God, you have a staff of like 16. Yeah. And what, when did you start this uh, Holist company? 2018. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, how has this um, affected your, your family life, your, your marriage and your relationship with your kids? Well, I can say that starting a business while you're a full-time physician is not the best way to find work-life balance. <laughs> um, things are finally better. Like, at, at, you know, maybe a year and a couple of months ago, um, you know, I was doing the job of five people that now work for me. And so basically, you know, more than two full-time jobs. And th- thankfully, you know, it was a discussion that we had beforehand about what that meant um, and kind of how we were going to shift other duties in the family around. Um, and to be honest, my husband is, is just a saint. So um, he's at the, you know, as you said, in my introduction, we joke and call him, you know, the, some people say someone's the CEO of the house. We call him the Doho, the director of household operations. And he really does do all of the things, um, but things are finally getting a little bit better. Uh, the other way is that um, my kids are like constantly talking about G's of sugar and like <laughs> counting them and wanting to talk to our coaching clients about how they should ha- eat the oranges instead of having the orange juice. <laughs> and it's really very entertaining. And they're young. They're uh, seven and nine. Yeah. So I'm, I've, I'm pleased that they have, you know, um, they have a family that is talking about food and talking about movement and talking about mindfulness. I think that's something that most of us never had when we were growing up. So. Right. Yeah. So do they eat any junk food or. Yeah, of course they do. They're children. Yes. But um, we do try to cut down, you know, we try to keep to a reasonable amount of sugar, um, which is hard to do harder with one child than it is with the other one. The, the older one told me once he was plant-based plus bacon was going to be his approach to eating. <laughs> and the little one, I basically like have to call dinner, like evening snack so that he would like consider <laughs> yes. eating. Oh yes. I have done that before too. You have to call it snack, not dinner because they don't want dinner. Yeah. <laughs> plant-based plus bacon. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And so let's go back 21 years. Tell us how you, you know, how you met, how you fell in love. Yeah. So um, I met my husband as a ski bum in Northern Montana, Um, moved there. I was a ski racer through college and um, wanted to keep skiing and enjoying things before I went to medical school. So we got a job at a ski shop at a ski area and he offered me moonshine and I was, I supposedly smitten. But it was pretty great because we, you know, we worked together and we got two hour ski breaks every day and it was just a very like free time. Um, and, uh, he is a, um, a very kind, very funny, um, entertainment part of my life. And, um, Mm. who would have known 21 years later, you know, we'd live in Idaho, we've got kids and dogs and house and um, feel very privileged and lucky to have found him. Wow. So what was it? What was it that did you know immediately? Or was it like something that took years or? 
When did you know you were in love with him? Well, so what's really interesting is that um, my college best friend with benefits came to visit. <laughs> and um, I was at the, I was at like out to dinner or something with him. And Pete came up to me and pulled me aside and said, um, I can't even imagine how I would feel if I was him having known you for all this time when I feel the way that I do after just a couple of weeks. And that like really spoke to me and I think really kind of deepened what was kind of a, a friendship at the time. And um, within a, you know, a couple of months, I remember skinning up to the top of the mountain with him and telling him I loved him. So. Wow. Oh my gosh. Okay. So he told you, so you said not your college friend with benefits, but the, your, my now husband, now husband was watching me with my friend and came on. So that, yeah. Okay. Repeat what he said. He said, I can't imagine how I would feel if I was him having known you for all these years when I already feel the way that I do after just a few weeks. It's pretty ah, smooth. Okay. Pretty smooth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then you fell in love with him and, and then what you had kids, you went, you were in college and then he went, he went through med school with you, med school. and residency. Yeah. Yeah. So we were in Northern Montana and I had already gotten into school in some, in Philly. And, um, he put me on a train back to Philadelphia because, you know, I didn't have any money to get an airplane ticket. <laughs> Plus I had a bike and a kayak and a whole bunch of other stuff. So he put me on the train and I remember crying the whole way. And of classic Peter, he'd packed me with like a cooler full of like beer and snacks and food for the train, train ride. And I was like, pretty sure I was never going to see him again. You know, I mean, it's just some guy I met in Montana. And uh, about a month later, he called and said, you know, I'd like to come visit. And then when he was visiting, he said, well, if I get a job, maybe I'll just stay. And uh, thankfully, he got a job at a newspaper there. And um, so we were in Philly for four years and then in Boston for four years, um, and then moved back out to the Northwest. Oh, wow. Okay. So how long had you known Peter? You said Peter, right? Yeah. How yeah. long had you known him before he put you on that train out to Philly? Five months, probably. Okay. Okay. So yeah, it's just kind of, and that's kind of soon for like, maybe you're a college age person, right? Yeah. I like to, I like to joke that that decision to move to to uh, Philly was like the one decision that he's made because <laughs> he's very indecisive otherwise, but it was a good one. It was good and decisive. And here we are 20 years later. <laughs> oh my gosh. So do you have to make mo most of the decisions for your household? Yeah. I mean, he makes, he does the, he does all of, like I said, he's the doho, right? So he does like shopping and cooking and kid care and arranging all the calendar things. But when it comes to like you know, bigger financial decisions and things like that. Those are, it's usually me. He gets, he gets nervous about making those kind of things. So we're a good fit like that. Got it. So you, you, you like to make those kind of decisions. Yeah. I'm good at them. And I think part of being an emergency medicine physician is not like you don't second guess yourself too much. You know what I mean? You just kind of have to move and, and do it. <laughs> no, definitely comes with the role. Tell us about something funny or romantic or uh, what's your like most favorite story to tell at dinner parties with you and your hubby? Oh, I guess that has something to do with the decision-making. I was just telling someone the story on our camping trip this weekend that, so we have a sprinter van. I don't know if you know what a sprinter van is, but it's a, you know, big van that's um, converted into a camper. And so we, it's like 24 feet long and 
Um, you know, we've had it for about five years and it take, we put like 70,000 miles on it and adore it. But when we decided to get it, I spent like nine months, like spreadsheeting all about vans, like learning everything about every kind of RV enough so that he had told me that I should have a podcast called hammers vans. <laughs> um, and so I find the one and it's in Montana. So it's like a 10 hour drive. So we take pack a one-year-old and a three-year-old into the car, drive to Montana get a care.com babysitter for them in the hotel, go test drive it, right? Like this is like a long time coming, right? And then we start negotiating over it. And he was like, this seems like a lot of money. And I was like, yeah, he goes, I don't even know how much money we have. And I was like, I hear you. I was like, you're starting to panic. And he's like, what are we even going to do with this thing? And the guy walked out and I was like, I'll take it. And we joke about it all the time because he will be like in the middle of Idaho somewhere, you know, no cell service camping. And he'll look at me and he'll be like, what are we going to do with this thing? <laughs> wow. Because like, cause you, you spent nine months, right? Like he knew what I was doing, <laughs> but he wasn't part of that process. He wasn't part of that. He would look at things with me and like, you know, I don't, I don't know if you, I don't know. I mean, I don't remember the details now um, beyond that story that much, but um, he definitely knew what was going on. Like we were, I was showing him pictures of vans and we were talking about them all the time. So it was not a surprise. <laughs> yeah. What do you recommend for other couples who are kind of like in that same boat? One, you know, one person tends to be in control of like the finances and doing, re- doing all the research and then you think you're on the same page, but you're not quite. And then there's like this freak out and oftentimes like arguments ensue, right? And there's like big, just irritation and frustration. And how do you deal with that? Well, we don't, we hardly ever fight. Um, I think that for us, we've just, we just know each other so well at this point, right? Like he knows that if I'm planning something, it's going to happen. And I know that like he's not going to, like, he's going to not want to be in the details that much, right? Like he's a, a feeler and a, and a doer and like, instead of like a planner. So I think you just have to know that someone's not doing something to you, <laughs> that it's just who they are. Right. Like I had a great um, realization. This was probably just a couple of years ago. Right. So 17, 18 years into this relationship when it was something silly, like he was like, um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to do the exercises on the Peloton because I can't turn the screen. And I was like, well, why don't you just put it on your phone and do it in the living room? And he looked at me and he was like, I'm not looking for a problem to be solved. I just want someone to listen to me. And I was like, oh, oh, I was thinking here all this time that you were saying things out loud because you wanted me to help you with them, but apparently not. And it was such a like an eye opener for me to be like, oh, like he just wants to feel the feelings and like put them out there and doesn't need fixing. And I think that's helped me a lot. So you kind of manage the, the household finances, it sounds like. How do, how, like, how are this, is the spending like uh, divided in the household? So like, do we have like rules and limits around it kind of thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We kind of have a general rule that if someone's going to spend more than like $300, like we talk to each other about it. We've stuck with that pretty well over the years, kind of just running, not even like you're asking for permission, but like, for example, like, you know, we, we are water people. So we have a white water raft. And, um, this weekend it was, Pete was like, I'm going to get us a new raft and that's going to be like a $5,000 purchase. Right. And it wasn't like a, like, Hey, can we, 
should we, it's like, this is going to let you know that this is going to happen at some point. And we're, we're, we're kind of okay with that. Um, other than that, um, you know, he does, he has like a, a budget that he set up for himself for the house, you know, in terms of what the kids get to purchase, how many Legos is really where we're at in our life right now. <laughs> and, um, and the food budget and, you know, things like that. So, okay. So he is involved somewhat in that kind of thing. And then as far as your kids getting involved in like finance, how, how have you, what have you taught them so far? So one of our doctor podcast network friends, Brent Lacey from the scope of practice, I had him on my podcast, carry your health, um, maybe six or nine months ago. And he taught me so much during that episode about, um, how he teaches his kids about finances. And so I stole his ideas. <laughs> and so giving credit where credit is due. Um, so we have them earn commission around the house and they get a certain amount of cents per commission. And then they have to separate it in the deciding themselves about whether it's spending money, saving money or sharing money. Um, and they do a remarkably good job of like, of wanting to have most of it in share or spend or share or save. Um, and sometimes they can go in if they have like a particular Lego set, cause we are insane about Legos around here. I'd be terrified to see here how much that I actually spent on Legos during the pandemic. As but. is Brent Lacey. I don't know yes. if you know that, but Brent Lacey is also super yeah. into Legos. <laughs> yeah, no, he sent me a little Lego of me as Holist once with like the, the logo on the little shirt of the, Lego. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing. And so, but sometimes like the, you know, the kids, if they have something that they want to buy, they'll go in and kind of move their money around a little bit. And so we talk about that, about like, whether it's, whether we should be taking something out of save or how much should we be taking out and thinking about that. And so, you know, they're pretty little still. So I feel like that's been good progress. Yeah. And, and where do they share their money? Who do they share their money with? They like can buy things and bring them to like our women and children's Alliance, those kind of things that they, yeah, that they share toys with the kids who are there and those kind of things. Very sweet. And then let's dive into a little bit more of your, your favorite topic, you know, health and wellness and, and eating and how that looks in your house and what kind of changes, like, have you always been into that? Is your husband also on board with, with this? So I actually went and got my health coach certificate when I was still a fourth year medical student. So I, I went into medicine really clutching this uh, tra traditional Chinese medicine book called Healing with Whole Foods. Like, like really like that, that's what I thought medicine was going to be. And I realized that they didn't teach us anything about food in our body. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I'm going to have to go get this myself. And so I um, took a train from Philly to New York for, you know, uh, once or twice a month for a whole year and got a health coach certificate and then, then got into residency. Right. And there's no time to do anything. Um, and then I was early career. Right. And so there's just so many things that go into that. And just a few years ago, I, I was like, you know, all these people that I'm seeing, you know, at three in the morning with their chest pain that is, you know, may or may not be, you know, heart problem or their obesity or their diabetes. And it's like, gosh, like if I could have gotten to these people 10 years ago, like, could we have prevented or reversed the direction of that really lifestyle related disease? And so, um, so I, uh, got a secondary certification in lifestyle medicine, which is basically using the 
um, the evidence behind food and sleep and exercise for just that, the prevention and reversal of disease, and sort of added that onto my health coaching and, and created the idea of Holist, which is using you know, real evidence and education around how our bodies and our brains work, um, when it comes to food and how it works. Um, and with a side effect of people getting healthier and losing weight, but really the goal is, you know, how can I really, can I, what I do in the, in our program is basically send audio podcasts every day that you're involved with us with a focused teaching around nutrition and your body and really neuroplasticity. And then each person is assigned a weight coach and a mindset coach to really dig into, you know, what are the big reasons that they have not been able to make these choices before? And I think that the combination of that has been really powerful because, um, you know, I really don't think that anyone can make a longstanding change in habits without really understanding internally why they're doing it. Um, because otherwise it's just some, somebody externally telling you what to do. Right. And then we're always going to rebel because we're people, right. <laughs> but if we, um, really understand it and then you have someone else kind of implement, help you implement that into your life. And then the mindset coach, of course, I mean, as we all know, as coaches, you know, the vast majority of the issues that we have is not related to the food, right? It's related to something else, emotional trauma, situational trauma, the way your parents raised you around food and movement. Um, so it's been really fun. So in terms of my husband, um, you know, he's, he's along for the ride. Um, I've actually made him my first client. <laughs> I just started sending him podcasts <laughs> Um, and I was in his ear, you know, experimenting on him basically. And he lost like 35, 40 pounds. And I was like, are you telling me that I, you weren't listening to me? I had to create a business and put me in your ears. <laughs> but you were, you were the voice, right? You were the voice on these. Okay. So you have a daily podcast. Yeah. It's for, for clients. Yeah. For your clients. Okay. And how, and it's like, is it short, like five, 15 minutes or. Yeah. They're like 15, 20 minutes max. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So they, okay. there's a, the whole program's technically automated, right? So you sign up and then you get podcasts and teaching sent to you every day that you can get it by text or email, but you can also log on to their membership portal and it's all there if they want to sit down and listen in a more traditional manner. And then their coaches are assigned to them from that as well. That's brilliant. So, he, and he lost 35 pounds. Yeah. When did this happen? When, when did he become your first client? Early, uh, late. 2017, early 2018, before I did my first like pilot coaching program or anything. So, so he's been on, on board from the beginning and he does, all, you know, the vast majority of our cooking. So he'd have to be right. Um, and so it's been really, it's been, he's been full, um, full support. So what did your, what did your household diet or menu plan look like in 2016 and how did it, how did it change? Um, it's changed that we have a lot less processed food, um, in the house. Uh, we've always been, I mean, I was a vegetarian for like 13 years until I was pregnant with my second kid and all of a sudden wanted a cheeseburger. I'm not sure what that was all about, but, um, <laughs> um, I would say that, but now we, we have much less processed food. We're, um, really careful about processed carbohydrates. Um, we eat, um, uh, we have much more kind of CSA um, delivery, you know, of local farms, try to eat plant-based as much as we can, although probably, um, at least two or three kind of animal meals throughout the week. So we're not like fully plant-based. Um, 
And, um, yeah, I think, and then we, we work a lot around just like timing of food, like instead of just like grazing all day, I feel like even if you're having healthy snacks all the time, it's still, you're still feeding your body and it's not necessarily about like calories necessarily, but it's about letting your body remember what it's like to go get its own fuel right? Like its own glycogen and it's breaking down the fatty acids to kind of get that glycerol to make glucose from and all those things that we did learn about in medical school, but our body doesn't have to do it when we're just feeding it all the time. And so I think taking a big, bigger breaks between meals, um, we do some fasting around here. I have one kid who is like, he would just forget to eat forever. (laughs) if we didn't remind him and the other one who wants to constantly be eating. So we do talk a lot about timing of food. Really? Okay. So how long do you guys fast or and how long is safe to fast for, especially for children? Um, well, the kids are going to eat when they're hungry. Right. And so like the one kid is like, he just was running around playing Legos and he'll read an entire book. And then all of a sudden be like, Oh my God, I'm starving. Right. So we, we try to remind him and we're certainly not having the kids fast. I was just kind of joking about that, but, um, just about like the way that people are so different, right. That some people just can not eat and not even think about it. And someone else is want to constantly be eating. Um, in terms of, I think my husband probably eats two meals within a eight hour window on a daily basis. And, um, mine's, mine's dependent on what my goals are at the time. Um, like right now I'm in like kind of a strength building part of my, um, my year. And so that's going to look different. Um, and, and everybody's a little different in terms, I mean, people can fast for days. Um, if you have the right water and the right, um, you know, broth or whatever it is of how you want to do it. Um, not everybody can not, it's not something that a lot of people want to do. And I think that's one of the benefits of how we coach is just like, we want to meet you where you are in your life. If you want to be plant-based, we have a plant-based coach for you. If you want to learn how to fast, we can help you do that. But we, um, we're not going to like force anything on anybody. We want to meet you where you are and figure out what your goals are and and experiment with you in a way to figure out what works specifically for you. Cause what works for you might not work for me. Yeah. Cause I mean, do you guys have a problem ever in your relationship where you get hangry or you're upset or you, uh, anything around food, food issues that grow into your marriage? I I feel like, um, you know, he does most of the cooking. I think I would probably want us to be more plant-based than we are. Um, and so we talk about that everyone, you know, I, I try to give him data and he, he's not a data person. So it's not the best approach, (laughs) but, um, no, not really. Like I said, we have a pretty easy relationship in terms of that. We don't really argue about much. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Well, yeah, we've covered, we've covered money and, and food and medicine. Well, you know what, why don't you go back and t- tell me a little bit about your nonprofit? I wanted to ask a little bit more about that, your East Africa. Do you go to East Africa or how does your nonprofit work? Um, not in pandemic times. Um, they don't want anything to do with us here from the States. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, so we started Global Emergency Care in 2007. I was a third year resident um, in emergency medicine at Harvard. And so are two of my friends. And we one of my friends had gone to Uganda as like a medical mission trip and realized that there was not a single person trained in emergency medicine, doctor, nurse, anything in the entire country. And so we went there um, 
very naively worked in the surgical ward, did collected some data, realized that people were waiting 26 hours to be seen before they either left or died or were finally seen by somebody. Um, and we naively decided to run a couple marathons and build an emergency department onto the hospital. And then we were like, oh, wait, someone has to work here, <laughs> right? What now? Um, and so we started writing a curriculum for the nurses at the hospital to kind of up level and be able to run the emergency department. And here we are 14 years later, um, we have gotten um, the emergency medicine curriculum into the government, um, passed into the national curriculum. We have trained um, about 10 years worth of emergency care practitioners, and we run a two-year train-the-trainer program in emergency medicine at, at a bachelor's level um, at one of the universities. And then we've sponsored two physician residency programs. And so now they're, they just graduated their first emergency medicine physicians. Wow. And when, when you stepped in 14 years ago, you said there was nothing, no trained medical professionals. That's amazing. That, wow. So the even better part, so I used to go a lot, right? I'd be there probably, you know, two trips a year, three, four weeks at a time. Um, it's definitely easier to travel when babies are inside of you than outside of you. So there were some hiatuses in there. <laughs> Um, but I like to tell them you've both been to Uganda, <laughs> you were just in my uterus. Um, and, uh, it, but it's it slowed down over the years because really when it comes down to it, our graduates are, are, are coaching or, um, are the teachers in the program now and are the administrators in the program now. And so they don't need us as much. Um, we just made a big well, move. And, yeah. It, I mean, that's the goal, right. Is to work yourself out of a job. So we just hired a Ugandan country director. Um, and, uh, things are, things are progressing, um, towards kind of full autonomy of this program at the university level. So I love that. Yeah. The goal is to work yourself out of the job. That's with Holist too, right? I want people to not need me anymore. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. Like they, they have, they have you in your, in their ear for so long that things become habits and lifestyle changes that last forever. And, 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 you know, leaning back into that, so what would you say is like the major, like, where can people, somebody start if they're like, you know, I don't, my kids won't eat anything but hot dogs and chicken nuggets, you know, the normal stuff, macaroni and cheese, like, I don't even know where to start feeding my, you know, kids healthy or even with their spouse, if their spouse isn't on board too, with like changing the meat and potatoes or whatever it is. Yeah. I, I, so I, we, we talked to so many women, my, my team and I, um, you know, we talk to everyone who comes into the program for at least an hour before we even decide if we're taking them on, because we would need people to be like at the right moment, ready to move, ready to act and figuring out really, can we solve their problems? We don't want to waste anybody's time or money. Right. Um, and so we hear these stories all the time. And for me, it's sort of like, I don't mean to be cavalier about it, but like, your children will eat there. And if they can't make their own food, they're going to make what you're giving them, right? Some people's husbands cannot make their own food and they are going to have to eat what you give them. Right. And so in a way, and also, um, you know, and it's a joke, but it's really not, I mean, nobody should be making two to three meals for, you know, somebody, all the different people in your house. Um, 
there are ways for specifically for little kids, right? Like I have the one kid who wants to snack all the time and doesn't want to eat anything green. And so we make smoothies out of only vegetables and he'll drink the smoothie, right? Or we make, um, we call them like egg cakes, which are basically like quiche with like a whole bunch of veggies in it. And there's also cheese and eggs. And so he eats those, right? And so there are ways that you can get them in. And in another sense too, it's like what you don't have in the house is just as important as what's in the house. Because if that spouse doesn't want to eat his vegetables because he's acting like your six-year-old, um, then and, and there's a bunch of processed food in the pantry, he's going to go eat the processed food, right? So the, the more that you can like just create a healthy environment and like mirror the kind of eating that in the exercise habits that you want everyone else to have, like they may not be right with you, but they're coming along for the ride. They're exactly. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. What you don't have in the house is just as important as what you do have in the house. And you say your little joke. So, so straight flat face there. <laughs> but you're- we have, we have been slowly moving towards, like, I, I buy a lot of tofu and tempa. Mm-hmm. Tempa, I don't, is that how you say that? Tempa yep. or tempa? Yeah. But you know what? Nobody cooks it but me. <laughs> so, like, I need to make sure that I get in there and cook it. And vegetables, and I stopped buying, so our nanny cooks for us mostly, but um, she cooks a lot of meat. So I just stopped buying the, the chicken all the time and the ground beef and just stopped buying it. And she stopped cooking as much, but you know what? She really ramped up her cooking of all the vegetables that I started buying mushrooms and broccoli, but, um, yeah, getting the kid who just wants to eat hot dogs and yeah. Well, so with the tofu one, my kids love to what we, I call tofu sticks. So I cut, I cut them not into cubes, but into like longer rectangles and you can put like, um, you know, some sort of cheese on them while like right when they're browning in the saute pan And then they just taste like crunchy, yummy cheese. Wow. And so that, that's a good way to, to get in there with that. Because of tofu instead of like a hot dog or something, right? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, this is just excellent, Heather. You've actually inspired me. Um, So this is perfect. Any take home points you have for my audience when it comes to having a successful, oh, before, before, before your take home points, ask all my guests what's their definition of marital interdependence. And it sounds to me like you guys kind of have this down. So what to you is marital interdependence mean? Oh, I've never heard the term, but I love it. Um, I think it means that, that I can count on him for the things that he does really well, and he can do the same for me. But it's not that he, like that I can't go shopping and do the cooking he just really loves to do it and he does it really well. And so I know I can count on him for that aspect. And he knows the things that I do really well and that I really like to do. And for that reason, I think we're making each other better. Like we're, we're more than two, we're more than two lives at this point, you know? Yes. Oh, perfect. Okay. And any big take-home points for our audience in, in terms of creating a more healthy lifestyle, marriage or medical career? Yeah, I think, my big change in myself over the last five years um, has been just try to step back 
and be mindful about the things that are around me and the things that I'm choosing to do and to kind of delay quick action until I understand what it is that's happening. For me, that's given me the opportunity to step back from parts of emergency medicine that I didn't like, the administrative stuff I was doing because I was always saying yes. Um, in my marriage, it's given me the opportunity to say, like, yeah, I wouldn't quite run the house exactly like he does, but if this is what we have decided he's going to be doing, that takes away some of that, like, God, the toilet, you know what I mean? Or like the toys are all over the place, you know, like that quick kind of burst of like, I wouldn't do it that way, being more mindful and sitting back and delaying that action. The same way that, um, I think that I approach food is that, um, you have to understand where your food came from, why it is you're choosing to eat it. Like, like, is this hunger that I'm feeling right now? Or is it just the situation? Cause we always eat chips while we watch football. Right. Or is it just because it's noon? And I think that I should be having lunch, but am I actually hungry? And then the food choices that I'm making, are these going to help me get to my goals? Are they going to make my brain work better? Are they going to make me run faster? Are they going to make my muscles stronger? Are they going to protect my heart arteries? Right. Um, and I think, um, I think so that's been my, my last five years of constantly just trying to like stop, slow down, be mindful about what's happening and kind of delay saying yes or no. Stop and slow down. This is perfect. That's, that's what I've been working on too. So perfect message. Just be mindful and choose your, your actions wisely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate you being on, on my show, Dr. Heather and studying all these um, lovely lifestyle messages. I mean, it sounds like you have been uh, super passionate about this since the very beginning. So I love what you have done with it. And you've given me inspiration. I think a lot of my audience inspiration. And I will be uh, I will be watching and tuning in to more of you. Oh, where can we find you? Yeah, sure. So um, uh, website, uh, www.holisthealth.com. That's W-H-O-L-I-S-T. The name of the company, Holist, is a playoff of gastroenterologist, anesthesiologist, but we're talking about the whole person. So that's holisthealth.com. I also have a Facebook group of about 11,000 people where we do um, trainings all the time, challenges. Um, that's called Curate Your Health on Facebook. And then... Um, just like your podcast, right? Yes. I also have a podcast anywhere you listen called to curate your health, where I interview other health and wellness experts, um, about brain, body, leadership, food, all sorts of things. Um, and then on Instagram, I'm at Holist health and, um, that's, that's where I am writing all this down. It will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. <laughs> What a great show with Dr. Heather Hammerstedt. Before we end, here's a quick reminder. If you want to boost efficiency across your practice and make staff scheduling easier, try the Deputy app. You can try this smart technology for free by going to drpodcastnetwork.com forward slash deputy. That's drpodcastnetwork.com forward slash deputy. Oh my gosh, what an enlightening interview with Dr. Heather Hammerstedt. I learned so many things and I'm feeling so inspired. I'm not even kidding you. As I sit here listening to this interview once again, the week before it's published, I am actually taking 
steps. I actually snuck broccoli, cauliflower, and carrots into my children's quesadillas today. I mean, they could live on quesadillas and hot dogs, believe me, but let's just get on to the take-home points. Number one, Now, Dr. Heather did not exactly say this herself, but when she was talking about how her and her husband didn't really have to get in fights or arguments, they just knew each other so well that that wasn't necessary, this like set a light bulb off my head. Whereas if you know your spouse so well, then why would there be a need to get in fights and arguments? You know, we all feel like we probably know our spouse maybe more than we want to sometimes, but then why are we still getting in arguments? probably because we're not remaining curious enough. We're not putting ourselves in their footsteps. We are not viewing the situation through their lens. So I'm thinking knowing your spouse well means staying curious to find out more, figure out what is turning inside their head in each moment when you may not agree upon a certain scenario. And I'm not saying that you need to agree even if you can see the situation through their lens, but that should definitely make arguments less heated, much less frequent, and just less cyclical and just make each other more enjoyable. Ask yourselves, would you like your spouse to change you just so they can feel better? And what if you don't even agree that you need a change? or that it's helpful to anybody, would you want them to change you? Take home point number two. What you do not have in the house is just as important as what you do have in the house. And this can be junk food or healthy food. So do you have the chips in the house or do you have the oranges and apples and raspberries in the house? Whatever is not in the house is just as important as what is. So get those healthy foods on your list. Order them on Instacart. Get your mom to go out and buy them for you a few. Right now, my mom does my grocery shopping because I'm living with her at the moment. (laughs) Or go out and get it yourself. Okay, you have the power. We are enabling our children. We are their role models. And believe me, I have to remind myself this at every single meal and snack time because it is so hard for me not to just break down and agree for them to eat a hot dog for breakfast, or more likely bacon for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack, and dessert. Ah, work in progress. Number three, your children will eat and they will eat what you give them. They're going to eat. They're not going to starve. Maybe they refuse to eat whatever you serve them for dinner that night. They may go to bed hungry, but they're likely going to make up for it the next day by eating what you do serve. And they're going to learn what you do put on the table they're going to have to eat. It's fascinating to watch them kind of, uh, I don't want to say manipulate because I really don't like using that word when it comes to children because I don't consider them manipulating us. I consider them being just learning, right? testing the limits, figuring out what it means to know things and not know things in their little child brains. So it's up to us, whether we're 20 years older, 30 years older, 40 years older, to act as the role models and eat the healthy foods. Number four, the goal is to work yourself out of a job. I loved how Dr. Heather kind of closed with this quote when she was talking about her mission work she does in in Africa. 
and how she developed an ER program there. The goal is to work yourself out of a job. She took a whole country, basically, who didn't have emergency medical care. And her and her team went in there, trained 10 years worth of physicians, nurses, all these people who can now act as emergency medicine physicians and emergency medicine team so that her team no longer has to be there. How many of us can say we could, we have done something like that? Well, you can do it now and you can do it in your own house. You can do it in your current medical job or whatever current role you're serving. Remember that you are a leader no matter what role, what passion you have, what role you serve in your life right now. You have the capacity to lead and be a leader. And that doesn't mean that you tell people what to do or you're a dictator. It means you teach people to lead themselves. You teach people to lead the rest of the team. Good leaders make more leaders. So when you're not there, the machine runs just as smooth as when you are. And that's working yourself out of a job. And you don't have to worry. There's going to be plenty more jobs for you to do. So beautiful. That is it for my take-home points, my friends. And I hope you guys check out the multifamily masterclass that is still enrolling. I mentioned this the last two weeks as we were talking about real estate uh, in our last two episodes. It is the multifamily masterclass launching September 13th is a course that you can sign up for. It is for passive investors written by active investors. I will provide the link in the show notes, but if you've ever considered real estate investing, feel like you don't know where to start, passive investing is what I have found to be the answer for me, for my family, and most likely yours, especially if you have a busy career, busy household, and are wearing multiple hats. So check that out in the show notes. And I hope you guys walk away asking yourself, how can I step back today and be more mindful? Do we always eat chips when we eat football? <laughs> Is that why I'm eating chips? And you can you can translate, put, insert whatever junk food there in whatever we're watching here, whatever activity we're doing here. Do I always take a can of Coke when I go to the pool? <laughs> Am I actually hungry or am I just eating because it's lunchtime? That's it, my friend. Please join us on Facebook at Medicine, Marriage, and Money, the Facebook group, and on Instagram at Medicine, Marriage, and Money. So much love to you and your spouse. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional, medical, or financial advice. The opinions provided on this podcast are those of myself or the invited guest alone. They do not represent the opinions of any particular institution. Always seek the advice of your physician or financial advisor with any questions you may have of a medical condition or financial plan. This is for your entertainment only.